Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our webinar. I am so excited today to discuss about branding. I know that a lot of people, customers ask me how to get traffic and sales, and they forget about branding. That's why I decided to invite uh, Professor Jonathan Wilson, and he will share a lot of insights about branding. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. Привет, Хатмила. You okay? Yep, yeah. Yep. What can I say? It surprises me that you're telling me that people forget branding. Oh yeah, it's the most important thing. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And you know, everyone wants uh, sales without branding, but customers don't buy from unrecognizable brands. And it's like reading books. Uh, uh, a lot of great books that have no names, you know, people don't read them because uh, we have no time to read all books in the world. Yep, of course, uh, people choose recognizable offers. Yep, it's the same with branding, you know, people search for Nike or Adidas and they don't search for uh, sneakers or something like this. Yep. You're right. So you, I think that you've identified a couple of things there that, that what a brand is very good at is allowing people to make a quick decision because it's telling you information over time that then means it's speeding up your decision-making process, right? So in a wall full of many choices, you're going to go for the one that you recognize, you're familiar with, that you trust. And, and so mm -hmm. branding is about speeding up that process of decision-making because humans want to think quicker, right? Humans want to jump to conclusions. So Brunning can do that. The other thing is that for that privilege of being recognized, whether that's like a flag of a country or a logo on a shirt or something like that, then people will pay a little bit extra because it reassures them it's more trustworthy. So that's the thing about a brand, right? If you have a sweatshirt with a logo on it, you can oh, charge yeah. more money <laughs> than a sweatshirt with no logo. So you've yeah. got to think, I mean, how much more money did it cost? to put this this print on this sweatshirt, not much, right? But how much more mm -hmm. can I charge because I have this logo on, on this sweatshirt if it's the right logo? A lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. But today you wanted me to talk about branding and people, right? So not just products and services and companies, but how we could apply the same thinking, right? Oh, I think, yep, we can uh, touch this topic and we'll reply to a lot of questions that people might ask in the chat. Uh, please comment on the chat, ask any questions and uh, uh, we can divide our webinar in two parts. In the first, you can share your report, uh, a lot of insights about uh, branding. And in the second part, uh, we will reply to all questions that people can ask uh, yep, in the comments. What okay. Should we do it then? Let me let me share my screen. Okay. Okay, I'm going to share my screen and um, I'm going to share this presentation right here. Let's share it. Okay. I you got it? it? Yep. Yep. Okay. It. So, short and sweet, right? I'm going to go through the slideshow and it's going to be about how you can build your brand. That's me, by the way, if you didn't recognize me. And those are my contact details. So 
hit me up and get in touch. Now, I'm showing you this diagram because I created it when I was um, taking notes at a conference recently. And it, it made me think that when we think of the real world and the virtual world, and I've, I've got an image of a tree there, and then the image of Wi-Fi, it's almost like the virtual world is upside down compared to the real world. Many things that we do in the real world, we don't necessarily do in the virtual world. And that's for good reason, because humans act in their natural environment in a different way than we do online, right? I'm wearing a loud sweatshirt online because I know that if you want to pay attention, wearing a bit of pink or red or something might make you um, focus on me a little bit longer than if I was wearing bright colors at work where maybe it's it's not so appropriate. So I want us to think about fusing the real world and the virtual world and, and how we can communicate more effectively. And for branding, it's a lot more difficult to communicate online because we're communicating within this small box or this small window and people can swipe and move along in the way that they can't in the real world. So those of you that have studied business, I want you to uh, think I'm, about I'm it. I'm sorry, uh, uh, can I interrupt you because- Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, people write that they don't see presentation. Uh, I, I can see mountains, uh, only mountains. They can't see my presentation. No, oh, I see only no. mountains. <laughs> Have you started? Bobby, your, uh, hey, if you can see only mountains, that's a blessing too. What about oh. if? Oh yeah, better? yeah, yeah, it's better. Yeah, you can okay, see. Okay, so I won't do full screen. I'll do it like this. There you go. Uh, now, let me zoom it a little bit. See if it's any better for you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was talking about. You can see mountains. Oh, that means you can see my desktop, but you can see my presentation here. So this is what I was talking about, about this whole idea of the, of the tree and the Wi-Fi. And I had those as a representation of what we're dealing with in the real world and the virtual world, right? That one is kind of upside down. Now, for those of you that have studied business, one of the things that I wonder, and it might sound strange coming from me as a business school professor, is that a lot of people come to business school and they learn about facts and theories and they do assignments and I feel like they're training to become a butler. And by that, what I mean is that they have impeccable manners. They play it safe. And I've called that vanilla, you know, the term where it's fairly, you know, it's safe, but it's, it's never standing out and people are chasing metrics. But the thing about branding is that if you are only going to use these theories, which is almost like business by numbers, SWOT, PESTLE, and everyone's using the same theories, and everybody's applying the same framework, and you're doing as you're told, and you wear a business suit to look smart like everybody else to be accepted. It doesn't necessarily work in branding, because if you think about the business school butler, butlers aren't at the center of the party. They have great manners. They're well-dressed. They're very smart. They wear colors that don't jump out. But you weren't invited to party. And my goal therefore in giving you advice on branding is to get you to be at the center of the party right so you want the invite and you want to stand out so in my world brands and the content that you create and the stakeholders and the networking that you do have to surround your audience and i call that the magic triangle so that when you have branded content you have stakeholders who are engaged in that branded content and you have content which supports the brand you can surround your audience now 
moving on the presentation sticking computers mm -hmm. today if you want to build a brand then there are kind of three stages you create this identity and this image and then you have to put it out there in the marketplace so that people can communicate with you and interact and that's the curation part and then finally you become fused with culture and people um recognize you and you become a household name right so the three stages are to create your brand its image identity its personality then is to curate content and to surround yourself with that content so that your brand is embedded and then eventually you become recognized as being a regular part of of everyday living now another way to look at it is if you want to apply that to an individual if you're thinking about personal branding you've got to think about you as the person and you as the brand you as the brand is the same as if it's you uh purchasing a branded item of clothing right um you branded has to be able to command more money more um personality image identity amplified more than if it's just you with not doing any branding at all so if you want to do personal branding i think that there are these stages right these five stages which pretty much mean that you have to show that you have a competitive edge you have to find places where you can show your game right so you have to be able to to show how you can perform uh, so if you're not on social media or if you're not at a conference or if you're not interacting in a debate or you're not writing articles that are published it's very difficult to demonstrate that and then over time what you're looking to do is to show people that it's clear what you're about so that if someone says you know what does Anatoly do then then someone will be able to say oh he's the guy that does one two three or xyz that aspect is really important too so that when you're not in the room and when you're not telling people what you're about they know what you're about and stage three i would say is that you own your name your name in that sector you can see that my uh twitter handle my instagram handle even i just set up an account with uh TikTok, dr john wilson right uh, mm -hmm. i was able to secure that name and my website is also drjohnwilson.com so i'm pretty much claiming that name and if you didn't know do a google there are so many dr john wilson's dr jonathan wilson's all different spellings but i thought well not many of them seem to have decided to purchase their domain name to claim their name so that that is one of your goals right it's that when people talk about john wilson or whoever else you want to be ronaldo do we mean like cristiano ronaldo <laughs> or the brazilian ronaldo right cristiano yeah. ronaldo had to go on a journey so that he became the most recognized ronaldo out of the ronaldos and probably in the beginning people would have thought that he was crazy or said you know you should change your name because there's already a ronaldo and you're never going to be better than him so you need to find a way to claim your name so that when you're not in the room or when you're not branding people are still aware of who you are and what you're about you take control of your destination which is taking the reins, so that it's you that's controlling more of your image and your identity and personality and if you want to be a thought leader you have to show that you're connected which means you have to share that intellectual content and people have to see others responding and interacting with it to verify and validate that you are really a thought leader and you have to do that again and again pretty much that simple right now yep. another way to look at it is because i like that way right bass guitars <laughs> is they inspire me in many different ways and one of them was with the arrival of the electric bass where 
prior to there being uh, amplifiers that can make guitars and basses sound loud, all the other instruments were a lot louder. Like if you played the trumpet or the trombone or something, you are much louder than, than a guitar. But now that we have electric guitars and basses, they found a way to compete, right? So my approach then, thinking about bass guitars, is that you have to brand what you do so that you're on the top of people's minds. You have to grab and stop people, and that's the arresting part. If you um, are not interesting enough, people will just scroll and continue, right? I think also important is sharing your journey, not just the output. So if you have achievements that you want to celebrate or talk about, um, also talk about how you arrived at that destination. Otherwise, you could be waiting a long time before you're sharing that success story. And I believe that, you know, a bit of humor goes a long way. Why do I say humor? Because making people laugh makes them feel happy and they think fondly about you. If you have a good sense of humor or a good with humor, you can crack a joke and that might mean that you can get away with saying more. I mean, think of it like this. Stand-up comedians can say offensive things, rude things, and people laugh and they don't get angry. Uh, so I spent a lot of time learning from comedians to think what is it that they can say uh, that I can't say and, and how do they say it better? And what you find sometimes is that if you need to apologize, if you've made a mistake, if you've done something wrong with your business, um, humor can also help. So that's the base part. <laughs> Having your lane, your direction is playing this long game. It's going to take you a while to develop this image, identity, personality, style, writing style. So just, you know, plan for the future, right? You need to be loud enough, like I said, with electric bass guitars. I think that you need to have something which challenges how people think, because if you're just agreeing with everybody and saying what everyone else is saying, it's not really going to fit into that unique position of branding. You need to leave people wanting more. And I think that splitting the crowd is quite good as well, because then you get debate, dialogue and discussion. So 2020, we've been speaking a lot about diversity and Me Too and Black Lives Matter. But I want you to think, don't get bogged down into being into one camp or one tribe or one echo chamber, because you might miss out on the bigger picture, right? Uh, and some of the bigger picture is that, that change is happening and being resistant to change isn't just standing still. It's actually means that you're spending a lot of time trying to stand still. Imagine if you were trying to tread water in a river, right? Standing still is very difficult. Going with the flow is a lot easier. But by going with the flow, you need to take people with you on a journey and enjoy that journey, right? So essentially what I'm saying is when we think about uh, issues, campaigns, politics, try and get beneath the surface, right? And don't get caught up too much in the obvious things because there's probably an underlying reason or a bigger problem or a bigger audience that people haven't really tapped into. So you can do that by watching what everyone else does, copying if you want, but, you know, spend some time watching, you know, like for example, on LinkedIn, it was for quite a while that I just watched what other people did, how they posted. And then it was later that I decided that I could comment uh, on what people were saying. And then after that, I was sharing and experimenting, did humor work on LinkedIn? What sort of pictures were more effective? But that experimentation led me to the position where I developed my own style and literacy. And that helped me be able to commercialize what it is that I do with regards to branding or putting content out there. So if you haven't already, 
like how I am broadcasting now. I'm at home because we're working from home because we're locked down because London's a lockdown. So <laughs> having a home studio is important, right? If you have the opportunity and at work, build a pop-up studio too because live streaming is going to be massive, even more massive than it is now. Broadcasting content, podcasts, vlogs, live streaming, controlling your own media, being your own media producer is really important. So I would say that, you know, building facilities, whether that's the microphone, the camera, the lighting, right, they're all important. And take a little bit of time to study how journalists and documentary makers actually uh, put their content together. And that's something that I did as well. I spoke to some journalists and said, like, you know, how do you film? What's a good way to get good light? And how do you edit? And, and how does that work? Can only help in this new reality. Moving on. And my last slide, right, is in all of this innovation and change and moving forward, I am always trying to find my sweet spot, which is the art in science and the science in art. If you think about the scientific approach, having data, having facts, having figures, having references, it's really important if you want to establish yourself as a credible brand or a thought leader. But don't neglect the artistic element. Facts don't necessarily elevate uh, what it is that you're saying or elicit emotional responses from people. So think artistically, like the two diagrams there, we have one which is a robot, Pepper, and the other one which is pretty much like a, an android that, that replicates the lady there. Now, I'm guessing though that people find the robot cuter than the android, because when I've surveyed people, some people find a robot that looks, an android that looks too similar, is a bit creepy, right? So. In trying to think about the virtual world, going all the way back to what I was saying in the beginning, it doesn't mean being identical and exactly the same. You have to be careful that you aren't too creepy, right? What mm. works in the real world might not work in the virtual world. And this idea of the Galapagos trap is a term that came out, especially from Japan as well, where people were innovating without wider application. So don't think that uh, innovation is about using all technology for the sake of technology or being different for the sake of being different. If there is no wider application, if there's no meaning behind what you're doing, it's not gonna work. Okay, presentation over, stop sharing screen. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, great, thanks, thanks a lot. Uh, okay, we can ask a lot of questions, you know. Uh, um, and uh, the first question, um, mm -hmm. If you start from scratch, yeah. If you uh, wanna uh, promote your products, you uh, launch some new products, and uh, you wanna create uh, brand awareness. Uh, what to do? Where to start? Where to go? Because many people have products, but they don't know where to jump. Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, or uh, I don't know, newspaper, TV. What, what do you suggest here? Okay, step one, which might sound strange coming from me. Try not to spend money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Try not to spend money. Try and think creatively about ways that you can promote what you're doing, spending as little or no money as possible, and exhaust your creative thinking. Yeah? Because the last thing that you want to do is spend money and waste money. Because I guarantee that in the beginning, when you're trying something, it won't be as good as you think. You, you might not like it as much as you think you will in a couple of months time most of the time you become more sophisticated once you get to know something better right it's a bit like 
you know, when you started buying clothes, if you got into fashion or something like that, maybe the first suit you buy, you think, oh, I just want something that looks like this. I'm going to have pinstripes or something. When actually what you would realize is that a gray suit might be more applicable, two buttons, a certain cut. But when you first got into suits, you thought, it's boring. Everyone's got a gray suit. Let me get a loud suit. Um, but it didn't have any wider applicability. So you've got to learn about your own t taste and style. So don't spend money up front and experiment and see if you can pull favors, if you can write content on various platforms um, and, and experiment on these various social media accounts and give it enough time. Building a brand takes time. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, uh, you know, today people always uh, are looking for solutions, quick solutions, how to build a big brand name uh, for uh, month or a few a few months i think uh, yeah today it doesn't work for example when i started my uh, seo agency in russian speaking countries in ukraine and russia you know we spent a few years without any results you know we we wrote a lot of articles we published a lot of content we spent uh, our time uh, to share content for free for many different platforms on youtube on many uh, big publications and we didn't see any results uh, only for a few years we got the first results and today we have uh, one of the most recognizable agencies in russian-speaking countries and yeah we are going to extend um, uh, to english direction as well and uh, you know i think that um, I, I love your advice uh, don't waste your money uh, it's better to figure out than uh, hire people uh, delegate some tasks uh, start from social media from google from your blog for uh, choose youtube channel it depends on you where you feel more comfortable and extend a little bit when you learn from your experience yeah because acting only shows what works i, I know that people are searching for uh, simple solutions and secrets i don't think uh, it exists because if it exists everyone will use it yeah it's better yeah. to find what works for you yeah great advice yeah i mean what you're saying is is kind of like if someone said i want to be a rock star how could i be a rock star <laughs> okay so first thing you need to learn how to play the guitar, right? Yeah. How long will it take you to learn how to play the guitar? If you can already play the guitar and you want to be a rock star, then it's going to be quicker to becoming a rock star. But if you can't play the guitar, if you've got a new business and you've never done marketing before, that's why mm -hmm. it's going to take a long time. So if you're starting from zero, you buy a guitar. Don't buy an expensive guitar because you don't know what guitar is right for you and the style. Buy a guitar and practice. That's what I'm saying. And then, like, in the old days when, when I was in a band, like, you know, you, you play in a local bar, pub, somewhere, anywhere, just to a few people. You don't want to make a fool of, out of yourself, you know. You don't want to get the show in front of 50,000 people and you can't play guitar yet because you'll no, never you get a, another show again, right? So there's <laughs> a reason why the, the journey is gradual. And, you know... I take a lot of analogies from that. To me, it's like uh, music being in a band or it's like sport. If someone says, how could I uh, win an Olympic medal or how could I, you know, uh, be first choice in this in this football team? You know, it starts from kind of that, that uh, selfish private practice where you start to understand what it is that you're doing. Now, you can get help. 
But obviously, if you're a small business owner and you pay for an agency to do it for you, they may not know exactly where you want to go. You might not be able to explain to them clearly enough where you want to go. And it makes sense for you to learn some of those stages. Really, when you want external help, it's when the problem is getting so big that you need professional support and advice. So when you now have six figures to spend on marketing, maybe, then call an expert and pay for them because mm -hmm. you don't want to waste your money then. But there's no point in, if you're reducing your costs, like spending money unnecessarily on experts or asking lots of people's opinion because you're only getting one or two views because that's also the mistake that when you're a new business, you get 50 views or something and then you ask this person, that person, your mom, your dad, your auntie, your friend, school buddies, and they all have a different opinion and, you, and you're listening to everybody. That's also a mistake. Yeah. If you have the chance to speak to an expert, speak to an expert. Mm -hmm. uh, but don't take advice from everybody because the other thing that I've learned is everybody thinks that they're an expert in branding or advertising or that they can, they can create an advert like that. They're like, oh, I've got an idea. And, and normally the first idea that comes into your head is the most terrible idea that comes into your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crucial to provide some brainstorming. You know, uh, I usually write all my ideas uh, in novels. Uh, I always have my phone, <laughs> write all my ideas, crazy ideas. It doesn't matter. And after this, I think, uh, can I do it or not? Uh, perhaps I can do it for a short period. Um, it's more longer time. Yeah, it's better to divide ideas with uh, periods and uh, never neglect with crazy ideas as well. E even if nobody believes that you can do it, just check out Elon Musk. Yep. Uh, by the way, I have another question about Elon Musk. Um, you know, uh, people uh, know Elon Musk and they know Tesla. Yep, uh, they know even SpaceX and many other uh, uh, his companies. Uh, uh, where is better to start to promote your personal brand or business name? Mm, there's no right answer. What feels right to you? Either. Yeah, mm -hmm. your business, then your personal brand or your personal brand and then your business. Um, I think that you should do some thinking about what you think is going to work better for you. And, and, and some of that is is uh, down to your own personality um, or your own experiences or the nature of the business. You know, because, for example, if you are in, in particular sectors, if you're in professional services and you're a law firm, how can you promote the law firm and not promote the lawyers in the law firm? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. some of your reputation and, and your ability to, to charge more money is based upon named individuals uh, in that firm. But if, for example, you know, you are a company that, that makes beautiful chairs, I don't know if I need to know who makes the chair. <laughs> Maybe know. later... But in the beginning, I just want to see the chair. So I think sometimes it depends on the product. It depends on the service. It depends on the size of your business. And actually, if you have got to the stage where you have an interesting enough story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, I, I agree. No, I think that uh, there are advantages and disadvantages everywhere. 
Uh, I think that people trust more a human and he, like Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, you know, many big brands, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, but it's tough to sell your brand when you have brand, brand awareness, some company. Um, and if you build uh, a lot of products, big team, it's better to jump with uh, business name. I think something like this, uh, yeah, it's better to find uh, advantages and jump with one or even to cover uh, personal and business name, why not? <laughs> hmm. And yeah. also play, play to your strengths. For, for example, if you're very good at writing, then why not put a, a face and a name to the writing that you do? Or if you're good at communicating, speaking, you have experience in that, then, then you can build your personal brand a lot quicker. But the last thing you want to do is put yourself forward when you're uncomfortable uh, when it comes to doing interviews or questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we have the question from Nikolai Shmichkov. Question to Jonathan. Is there a good checklist how to name your brand? Oh, it's about naming. Yeah, you know, that's a good question, right? Um, and we could, we could do a whole session on, on how to name a brand. But I, I think, you know... Let me let me give you some examples, uh, and and that might make you think. So, if you are, for example, you're thinking about a company, do you call the company after you, or come up with a different name? Well, it mm -hmm. depends. If you want to, like, if you want to sell that company, if you're an entrepreneur, and you want to build it and then sell it, it might be a little bit more difficult to sell it on, um, or you might feel uh, sad when you're selling your name, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if that's your intention, then, then don't call the company after yourself. But if you want to keep it in your family for a long time, then then that's a good idea. Uh, other ones are, do you want um, to have a name which is literal? So the name describes what it is that you do. Um, and even if that's, for example, a tech company, like you want your name to sound technical, like technology. So if you think about, Microsoft, people think about microchips and software, right? It sounds technical. Um, so, it, and at the time, no one else was called Microsoft, so that's a good name. In direct contrast, you have Apple, nothing to do with technology. And at the time, you know, they had a long legal battle with Apple Core Records, which was owned by the Beatles, and the Beatles were in the music space, and obviously, Apple was in the, the computing space. And you can do a Google and read about the whole Apple Wars. But uh, Apple is also an interesting name because it has nothing to do with what they actually are providing, but it's aspirational and shares something else, right? So that the, the assumption could be that, you know, apples are a fruit that are widely recognized and people like. And if you think about some of the symbolism of Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and apples you know, and, and, and looking at paintings and things like that, then, then they're drawing from that symbolism. Um, mm -hmm. Nike, the goddess of victory, right? Adidas, the dust, Adi and Dustler, right? Uh, the, the, the name of two brothers. So you, you can join words together. If you join like two words together, it means it's you're creating something which is less likely to already exist. It's very unusual. Like, you know, Apple got lucky, right? Think of, so if you pick one word, we're in, a, we're in a reality now where a lot of one-word brand names are owned. Like, you know, you think, oh, let me call it something, like tomato. or And you'll find that there's a brand that's probably already called tomato, right? So um, 
you can if you might get lucky. So you can use the aspirational aspect as well, where you think of the attributes behind uh, your product. So what you often see as well is there's been a fashion where people use like Latin or Greek names like Nike, Nike, goddess of victory, right? Or animals because they see the lion as being brave. So they want to call it like whatever it is, lion consulting because we're brave consultants, right? Mm -hmm. But what you could do is think through further brainstorming deeper, which is okay, but what does a lion stand for? Or what does a lion mean? And there are probably a list of other words surrounding that that are the ones that are more interesting because people probably have thought about those less and it's easy for you to claim those words, right? So another thing that I could say you want to do is when it comes to the naming game, and naming to me is, is very similar to if you have children and they are born and you want to give your child a good name, why do you give them that name? Why did you choose it? It sounds right. It fits them. Um, it's easy to pronounce maybe. People aren't going to mm -hmm. make fun of them. All of those thoughts that come into your head, right? But but one thing that I do do with clients when they want to name their company is I make them open a folder on their computer and save images, their favorite movies, sounds, any type of media that they're currently thinking has some kind of link, even a distant link with their company. And then we, we take a step back and look at those things, the colors, the images, the type of images, like if your company had a favorite movie, what would that be? If it had a favorite song, what would that be? And and from that process, a name will probably arise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was always, always terrible with uh, naming <laughs> because, uh, you know, uh, I called my first company Izon or something like this. Yeah, Izon. And uh, uh, after this, we changed a few times this name. Uh, and yeah, rebranding... Uh, takes a lot of time to think, to change all links, uh, to change all pictures with your name. And uh, it's better to find companies that uh, provide the service uh, to uh, find name for you. Or for, for yeah, example, I'm sure I know of one. Um, where, where could you find, where could you find one? <laughs> oh, okay, got it, got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the next time I will go to you directly. <laughs> cool. Okay, uh, we have the question. Um, okay, uh, towards sustainability in the environment management space, how can I still develop a personal brand with a chosen niche while ensuring that the relationships with other niches are still intact? I mean, it's uh, like uh, how we can interact with related niches so yeah, innocent um it's straightforward for a personal brand it's easier than for a company because you're a human being so it's possible to be an interesting human being with a number of interests right so what i would say to you is that when you're building your image your public image you want people to recognize you for a number of interests like for example for me you know music is an interest sport is an interest for me martial arts food travel so that in producing content over time when people see that i'm constantly producing content whether that's sport martial arts music uh talking about culture talking about travel food then 
they know that I'm the guy that likes sport, martial arts, music, food, travel, uh, culture, mm -hmm. those sorts of things, right? So I, I wouldn't worry about uh, niching yourself. It is possible to have a sustainable a sustainability uh, aspect to your personal brand and to like other things. The only challenge would be if those things are in direct competition or conflict because that could hurt your brand, right? Mm -hmm. So, yep. you know, if, for example... Um, you are feel passionate about a vegan lifestyle, and I go on Instagram mm -hmm. and you're eating tomahawk steaks, right? <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so be careful. You can respect vegans and say, I love what you're doing for the planet, but I can't help myself. I love tomahawk steaks. You can be an ally, but don't try and be something that you're not. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, I have interesting question about uh, passion. For example, if you need to choose uh, an employer to your company, uh, do you choose experts who are not passionate or uh, a beginner who want to change the world? What will you choose? Um, it depends. I mean, I think the thing is, mm -hmm. um, one of the most important things is, can you work with that human being? They could be the smartest person in the world, right? But mm -hmm. if they're a, a pain in your backside because they're always in a bad mood or they don't get on with the rest of your team or they turn up to work late or any number of reasons, then then it, that's not good. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think that it, it's a number of things. I think that you, you've got to be clear about the sort of person that would fit in your organization, the identity and their personality. And there's got to be something there that you see value in. Um, so I, I take your point that actually, and, and what I've learned from, from doing some research on, on professional skills, um, recent graduates are actually very good at explaining things according to definitions because they've just studied them. Whereas, mm -hmm. for example, people with 20, 30s experience know how to do things, but perhaps don't even know how to explain what it is that they're doing, right? So, so actually, I'm not too worried about um, people with, with a small amount of experience or people with a, with a lot of experience, but you're at the center of it, it's about that person and whether they, their, their values align with your values. And there's something there where there's that chemistry that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the next question, uh, how is the brand value for small business estimated now? It's Ooh, like that's, a, that's a nice question. So basically what you're saying is like, one way to think of it is like an antique. If you are going to sell uh, your brand, how much money do you think you'd get for it, that brand? Not the business, not the stock, but, but that name. And what you find is for a lot of small businesses, it's not that much money, right? Because, um, you know, if you were saying that you wanted to transfer the name of, of a big company, you can see where the value is. That's why brand building takes time. Um, but what you can look for then are incremental differences where in comparison to unbranded offerings, generic offerings or your competitors, what is the premium that you command in the marketplace according to your products? And, and and other touch points or other other um points that you can trace and then and then you, you could develop your own methodology 
by how you do that, mm -hmm. then the, the thing that you'd want to do then is if you develop your own methodology, you need to track that over time to see where where it goes, whether there's growth or decline. Mm. Ah, you know, uh, in SEO field, we usually measure with uh, Google Keyword Planner or a lot of other tools where you can check out the volume. And yeah, uh, if you see that people are searching for your brand many times, and yeah, in, in this kind of measurement. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, say for example that you're not you're not necessarily in the internet much, but you could be a restaurant. Now the question mm -hmm. is, like, and, and let's say you, you're you're both selling the same thing. This restaurant sells kebabs. That restaurant sells kebabs. They're both the same. How much more can you charge for your kebabs? Or if you open another restaurant and call it the same name as the restaurant that people know of there, how mm -hmm. many people do you drag to this new restaurant, which is not just according to convenience or location, but it's according to the fact that you've developed a reputation uh, mm -hmm. because they recognize. So, I mean, sometimes it's good in the real world to actually just practice those practical examples and to think about some local businesses and, and, and how you perceive them and, and, and how you would rate and rank them. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's start with uh, creating content. You told that uh, you create a lot of content in conference, in social media, uh, even TikTok. You know, uh, it's an interesting platform because my wife uh, posted a video that uh, got uh, over uh, 200,000 views <laughs> uh, and uh, she has only... Uh, 200 followers, something like this. I, I don't think that it's possible to get this engagement on in any other platforms. And uh, how to choose where to start uh, creating content uh, or uh, what type of content to create, for example, text-based, video content, audio content. Experiment and, and think mm -hmm. what content do you feel comfortable creating and and you would enjoy doing again and again there's nothing worse than somebody who, who wants to build a personal brand and then they go crazy for a month and they're producing lots of content and then afterwards they're tired or they're bored or or they they paid for a video crew and they can't pay for a video crew next month and mm -hmm. they didn't get as many followers as they thought so so if you're in it for the long game think you know pace yourself take time uh, if you are going to be a thought leader on a particular professional service, uh, what would that look like? You know, if you are uh, an accounting firm, if you are a restaurant, uh, what stories could you talk about, write about, share over six months? Like write a features list, just like a magazine would, uh, and mm -hmm. see if you if you can follow that list, and and then. It, probably towards the end you might be thinking oh you've run out of things to say well then how do you uh, develop a system where where you don't run out of things to say where you can become inspired to create new content that's also important mm -hmm. and you know uh, i often see that uh, focusing is the best thing when you create content because uh, when uh, someone tries to cover uh, all platforms with limited resources to write blog posts, uh, a lot of blog posts. And uh, even some of my clients ask me uh, how many articles I need to post each month uh, 
You know, we don't have this uh, answer. Uh, it depends on you if you can create high quality valuable content uh, and uh, a lot of articles do it. If you can't uh, just measure your uh, uh, ratings for your articles, I don't know, <laughs> because uh, we have different uh, measurement. For example, uh, if I feel that I can't create something better, yep, I will go to another article. Uh, uh, it's totally the same with video content when I try to cover Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Uh, I got uh, around 10 followers a day, uh, less engagement and I decided to focus my attention with LinkedIn and yeah, it works because uh, I skip trying to cover everything. Focusing is the best thing when you create content and about suitable format, uh, yep, I, I love it. For example, um, I decided to jump with video content as well and uh, you know uh, when I started to film first videos uh, I don't know I, I was I scared the camera <laughs> I felt <I> that <laughs> it's better to break my leg uh, and even I hired two specialists to uh, you know just to be with me and tell me what I need to do because when I saw the camera uh, I you know, I felt that it's better to go away, to forget about this direction. But consistency uh, helps uh, to improve confidence when you film your videos. Just take your phone, film every day. If you are not confident but want to do it, just uh, do it every day and you will get this confidence. Uh, I think it's something similar with conferences because, you know, uh, uh, I didn't do it, but I know that you have uh, a huge experience with conferences, over hundreds uh, conferences. And yep, uh, I think that e when you uh, take part uh, a lot of times, you can feel the audience, you can uh, share the information that audience want to consume. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. The key to conferences, which is the same, I think, with content is, you get better at conferences if you stay within your subject area. Where it's going to become difficult is if you speak about anything and everything, because each time you are having to uh, learn a new subject, then it, it takes you back to the beginning again because you're not an expert. So the mm -hmm. key is if you want to build expertise, then, then stick in a particular area or several areas that, that you can spend time on so that when people ask questions, the questions are less surprising because you've heard them before. You know, one mm -hmm. of the mistakes that people make is they think, oh, this topic is trending. I'm going to talk about this topic and I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer my expert advice, but you're not an expert in that area. So when somebody asks you a question, you go like, I don't know, right? <laughs> so, so you need to like, you know, be careful about, about what you set out to do. But yeah, you're right. If you can stay within your lane and you can do that time and time again, then hopefully you should get better. And then when, you know, talking to a hundred people gets boring, talk to a thousand people. When a thousand people gets boring, you know, talk to 5,000 and see if that makes your heart beat faster. But it's, it's about that journey, um, really. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, even when you get to those stages, there are always going to be times when, you know, you might not feel as comfortable because the thing is business and life can distract you. So, mm -hmm. how do you feel when you have to go to a conference and you're in a different time zone, eight hours away, you have jet lag and you ate something that means that you need to go to the toilet, uh -huh. but you can't because people are waiting for you to speak and you can't 
miss this opportunity because you spent all of these hours and days traveling to this place and mm -hmm. they're filming and if you make a fool of yourself they'll never invite you again you'd have wasted <laughs> your time and you'll feel terrible all because of some food that you ate the night before and you wish that you you went to sleep unless yeah. you learn how to become strong in that way so don't underestimate uh the, the power of of these other things that you need to take into account right which is why i'm saying it's easier if you enjoy what you do and 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 you do things therefore your subject area your business you practice where there's no risk and you're not putting yourself under unnecessary stress mm -hmm. yep i think if you don't love what you do it's better to leave your job and you will never regret about this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, don't leave your job unless you've got some other money coming in, right? Yeah. I don't want people messaging us saying, hey, I left my job and I couldn't pay my bills. I couldn't pay my rent. And, you know, my husband left me. And, like, you know, you've got to think strategically. Whatever you do, certain decisions are easier if you have particular skills, if you have a particular network, if you are not in debt, right, and you have mm -hmm. money and savings, then you can take many more risks. But mm -hmm. it's hard for people. If you, if you are in debt and you don't have savings and you're trying to set up a new business and you have, like, family pressures, you have to look after family who are ill and all of these things, it's incredibly hard. Yeah, yeah. And it's not branding that's going to make it that much easier because it's, it's actually you need to sort out some of these things going on in your life to give you space to make branding make it easier uh, you, uh, you know um, I read interesting point uh, yesterday in one book um, and uh, the point is uh, you don't need to sell products you need to sell uh, connections and uh, sell uh, uh, future uh, relationship in something like this what do you think about this point uh, because I, I know that many companies think oh i need to sell to uh, provide short results but it doesn't work in the long run and uh, your competitors might uh, outcompete you yeah what do you think to sell connections uh, and relationships listen if you can find somebody or anybody that's willing to give you money for what you have that's good whether that's ideas, products, services, your time. I mean, think about it like this. Imagine there's probably some kid out there, some young kid who their friends say, come out with us. And he goes, no, 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 I can't. Uh, he says, oh, if you give me $20, I'll come out with you. Okay, cool. Right. That's called a business person. Probably a bad friend, right? Probably not someone I want to hang around with. But it demonstrates a, a, a knowledge about how to to pitch for business and, and and to get money like business is about making money at the end of the day if, if you don't if you can't bring money in then you don't have a business mm -hmm. okay uh, what about competing uh, with big brands for example you start from scratch you are a small brand and uh, uh, you should compete uh, with some popular brands uh, I don't know like Amazon or uh, uh, Toyota or something similar 
uh, how to compete with uh, big and popular brands if you have no authority, trust, experience, but you wanna jump in this niche? You have to be tactical and entrepreneurial because the reality is they have more money and reputation than you. You can't compete with them um, mm -hmm. in the same way. It's like if there's a small football team playing a huge football team, one day they might beat them, but mm -hmm. not every time. But they might have one day or one lucky day, just like business. Mm -hmm. But you can't build a business on just that one time or that one lucky day. So you have to think that sometimes you can directly compete, but other times you're looking for opportunities where it's a better use of your time. And it could be mm -hmm. a, a small niche or a particular aspect. It's a particular audience that you feel that you could encourage to come to your company or products or service as opposed to that that bigger company mm. uh, you know in seo field we usually um, search for topics that have a lack of quality content because popular websites uh, uh, for example amazon yep you can find uh, them in the first uh, top 10 positions uh, all the time they have the first position wikipedia and many other websites best buy but uh, popular brands don't cover everything yeah they cover a lot but uh, it's better to find topics that they usually ignore for example uh, if we are talking about blogging uh, a lot of topics uh, new keywords 15% uh, of new keywords appeal every single day uh, a lot of topics with outdated information with a lack of quality content and um, uh, if you start from scratch you don't need to compete with amazon it's better to find topics that they ignore for example elon musk yep uh, he uh, launched an electric car and all popular brands ignore this topic and today Tesla is the biggest company in the world yep, with car productions they, um, yep, that's why uh, uh, I advise to uh, search for topics that your competitors ignore and a lot of topics if you create the right strategy you can uh, outrank them uh, and sometimes you can't sell with these topics but it creates brand awareness that's okay perfectly fine uh, don't think about uh, uh, short sales uh, you can uh, jump uh, in the long run it takes uh, uh, years to build your brand but if you have a lot of traffic and share value as maximum as possible yeah why not um, okay uh, let's talk about value mm, how to uh, how to share value uh, with your audience uh, because you know i can explain uh, one more time uh, i often see when uh, uh, people try to sell on social media on linkedin on facebook and nobody engages their content uh, and i think that the audience wanna get uh, value first how to find and figure out what your audience wants and how to share this um learn to understand people better and mm -hmm. and to serve them and satisfy their needs uh, a better order is 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 to help people uh, mm -hmm. before you help yourself the way to help mm, yourself yeah. is to help other people um that mm -hmm. that can that can be a technique because sometimes people you know they're not necessarily going to make the jump uh towards kind of you know your hard sell or evangelism so so the, the way around that is is help people mm -hmm. you know don't sell them anything straight away 
yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean, right? The mm -hmm. only thing I'd say is that that just giving people something doesn't necessarily then translate into sales or business. Because the mistake mm -hmm. that people can make is, hey, let me give you my services for free. And then if you like them, then you can hire me later. No, mm -hmm. I'll just take your services for free. And then when they're done, they're done. I'll go to, you know. <laughs> um, so, so that's also a mistake that people can make, which is that they think that value means giving people something for free. And, and who doesn't like free stuff, right? So yeah. you, you you have to understand people and 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 your role within within their kind of um, needs and wants. Uh, how to uh, understand people? How to learn their minds uh, and understand what they want to get? <laughs> love people. <laughs> learn to love people. Watch people. Watch television. Watch programs. Read books. Hang out mm -hmm. in shopping malls. Ask somebody. Like you know, ask them. Like think like a child. Like when a child mm -hmm. goes, why do you always order from that shop? Like if I'm ordering a takeaway, why do you always go there? Like, you know, why do you use this app? Like, you know, just sometimes the most simple questions can give you so much insight if you just bother to listen to what people say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you can spend time on social media to ask people and even go to your existing customers. Talk to them, ask what they want to get. Big uh, companies never neglect to talk with their customers, uh, even if they have a lot of other data insights. And mm. yeah, why not? You can spend time. Even big CEOs go to customers and spend uh, a day with them, you know, to analyze what they want to get. If people like you, then they will tell you. If they don't like you, it might not tell you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's why it's also important to build your brand so that people like you, right? Because I know that I can ask certain people questions because they know like, okay, like, you know, if you're interesting or you're a good company, they don't mind answering your questions. But if people don't like you, they just go shut up or they ignore you. Mm -hmm. So so another person could go and say, hey, why do you always go to that takeaway? What's it got to do with you? It's not your business. <laughs> Like, so, and to me, that's the same as some uh, online marketing research when they say, how often do you go and have a takeaway? What's that got to do with you, man? <laughs> like, why do you want to know? What are you going to do with this information? Why should I tell you? Why should I help you find out yourself, man? So if they like you, they don't mind. They'll tell you whatever you want to hear. Okay. I, uh, okay. Uh, let's imagine they don't like you uh i don't know <laughs> what to do for example if you are trying to speak with people and they don't like and uh, <laughs> where to hire go, an agency <laughs> get someone who who is likable that's one of the reasons why some companies might hire market research agencies to find these things out mm -hmm. okay we have a few questions um before we finish uh which b2c business niches need a personal brand did we talk about that? Yeah, okay, I which, think... Mm -hmm. uh, which bis All of them. No. <laughs> All of them, because the thing is, if, you, if you're B2B, sorry, B2C, right, let's go through... B2C, yeah. Business to business is, is very much client-focused. If you want to develop a reputation in that marketplace or industry, personal brands can help. And I mentioned things like, you know, uh, professional services firms. B2C... 
if you think about um, some of the, the biggest global brands like Heinz that made baked beans or tomato ketchup, they had a heritage behind them which tells you about, um, about the family. Or you mentioned Elon Musk. Or do you want to mention Richard Branson? Or do you want to mention like Steve Jobs? Or do you want to mention Bill Gates? Um, I think humans have always been fascinated with uh, the story behind what is in the, in the public domain, whether that's a movie or a soap opera or a company. Once you are in that realm where your company is interesting, people want to know, okay, so, so who owns you? Are you like a Russian company? Are you Ukrainian? Are you French? Mm -hmm. When did you start? Like who works there? You know, that's that's the type of engagement which which you could capitalize on. But that curiosity might be because people really like you or they really don't like you. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't know. But but then even if people don't like you, then you might be able to convert them. I, you know, I think that if people don't like uh, you, it's better to find another people, you know, <laughs> if... Yeah, but if, the thing if... is that sometimes you can't control, like, if people want to find mm -hmm. out about you, you're not in control, and you're not in control of social media, like, they, they could um, make comments about you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's outside of, which is why it's also worth trying to find a way to kind of gather intelligence and information but find a way to make people happy mm -hmm. yep yep but you know sometimes we can't make happy everyone yep uh, big brands True. yeah don't try to cover uh, everyone for example apple has uh, their audience samsung has their audience that's okay perfectly fine choose your audience and don't try to satisfy everyone and uh, you know the biggest issue i see that uh, when brands try to sell uh, someone who uh, of, uh, who told you no you know i don't want to buy your products don't don't waste time with uh, this uh, customer go ahead and find another one yep i think uh, it's better to uh, find people who like you uh, and uh, about haters if they wanna hate content uh, please uh, do it uh, hate uh, put dislikes um, you know because it helps to uh, create brand awareness as well um, yeah for when i started my russian youtube channel um, oh, I don't remember. A lot of haters uh, uh, jump to this channel and try to destroy it uh, in the beginning. And uh, they helped me to grow, you know, to grow my audience. And uh, today when you, uh, I have some authority, I think that uh, people think twice uh, to write this comment or not. But that's okay. I, I think that you don't need to worry and uh, never listen to others. You can learn from them. For example, if you get negative feedback, learn how you can improve it uh, to develop in a way because uh, all products have uh, some bugs and uh, when your competitors launch something better, even great products become uh, obsolete one day. Yep, that's okay. Just develop it. True. And uh, yeah, the last question: uh, How about the focus group of friends? Does it work? From Maxine, Depends how focus. cool your friends are. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Depends if they're the right if if they are the right target audience. It may and it may not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it depends, you know, uh, you can take part in many groups and decide, uh, yeah, do you have your audience or not? Okay, uh, please, 
tell me uh, and our audience where people can find you, reach out to you or order your service uh, because I will put all the links uh, uh, in the um, description below. You can uh, learn it and uh, tell you how is better to reach out to you. Whichever way they want to, right? <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, my website, drjohnwilson.com. Mm -hmm. Just find me. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. F thanks a lot. A lot of insights. Uh, I've learned myself how I can improve my brand. And you can check out uh, for a few months, <laughs> I'm growing or not, <laughs> and to analyze how this knowledge helps. And I want to tell for. Uh, all watchers just act you know uh, you can learn a lot from webinars from uh, blog posts but if you don't act you can't get results uh, um, get failing that's okay perfectly fine learn from your failures and go ahead uh, you know because acting is the best approach uh, we just share knowledge uh, and you should uh, uh, think how you can adapt to your preferences Okay, guys, thanks for watching our webinar. Uh, thanks a lot uh, to our dear guest and uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.